Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. According to Celine Siama, the director, one of the manifestos... Celine Dion? Celine Dion directed this film. <laughs> Did you not know that? Hey there, my name is Monica Biltz, and you're listening to The Gaze Code, a podcast in which we'll discuss anything and everything queer in film and television. I'm joined today by my girlfriend, Lizzie Hampton. Lizzie is a fellow artist, musician, and a generally emotional human being. Today we're talking about the French queer drama film, the sapphic joy of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This film is beautiful, heartbreaking, and we're just going to dive right in and talk about how it made us feel in our hearts and other places as well. (laughs) Please enjoy this episode of the Gaze Code podcast. How are you? How have you been? What you you been up to? You know, I'm doing okay. I want to quit my job. Yeah? (laughs) I got to quit my job. Okay. I want to quit my job so bad. Are you going to quit your job? Yeah, I'm going to quit my job. Do you want to podcast full time? I mean, there's no money. Why in it. not? <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you? How I'm are good. You? I mean, we got our vaccines. <gasps> we did get our vaccines. Yeah, and for us. My arm was dead all day yesterday. My arm. Hurt it was dead so to bad. the world. I could not do anything. We made it through. We were so brave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doing good for humanity. Yeah, Lizzie was not having a good time on the drive. No, up I was to the... so scared. I feel so silly. Well, I mean. We haven't started growing any new limbs yet. Not yet, but no. I am excited for it. Yeah. The possibilities are endless. Think about how much more we could do with another arm. Wow. Right? You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. We could probably even get our own show on, like, TLC or something. <gasps> oh, my God. Pretty cool. Oh, my God. Unless everyone my... gets another limb, then it just... Uh, yeah. Go. Maybe it'll just be us and we'll get lucky. Yes. I feel like I have a title so close, but I don't know. A title? Mm-hmm. For the TLC special. Oh. Mm-hmm. Three's Company 2? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> my life with a little extra baby ham. I know. Like, literally, I feel like everything is my life, you know? Like, so it's like uh, my life with three arms. My life you know? as a three-armed bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'd watch it. I'd watch your show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Me and my three arms. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. It's rainy outside. Oh, it's beautiful. We have a new little room that we're doing our podcasts in. If you're enjoying the visual portion of the show, because we do a video, uh, if you follow us on YouTube, we have plants. These are all Lizzie's plants. We have gay art. We have gay art. We have so much gay art. Yeah. And we're, you know, constantly working on everything and making it more and more ideal. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Beth Easton for a lot of the gay art. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, 90% of all of our art done by beth easton yeah we started making our own gay art yeah like this well that's not so much gay art but it's gay art because i'm gay and i made it yeah (laughs) for those of you who can't see this is a very small picture of uh can you explain it it is from bob's burgers it's a little they have a painting on the wall of their restaurant of these flying burgers these little burgers with wings and that's what i painted on my little canvas on valentine's day we 
did little paintings, and it was a lot of fun. Speaking of Valentine's Day, uh, did you know that this movie we're about to talk about came out on Valentine's Day last year? Really? Yeah. That's romantic AF. I know. Wow. I know. I mean, I think so. Isn't Valentine's Day always on February 14th? Did it come out in 2020 or did it come out in 2019? 2020. So it came out last February? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It feels... It's been like a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, February 14th. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Man. What a cute little gay Valentine's Day movie. That's so cute. Like, that'd be a great date movie, you Mm -hmm. know, on Valentine's Day. They should keep... I mean, this was a French film, but what a good idea to, you know... A little date, a little date idea. Get the gays out Get there. Get the gays out there, outside their little homes, and <laughs> pick their little heads out of their little, their little turtle shells and go see a, a, a gay movie. This is the second lesbian movie that we've reviewed, and I keep saying that we need to branch out and and review different types. What can we say? We love sapphic content. We do. I mean, honestly, if we just ran wild with it, we'd probably do, but I'm a cheerleader next, and probably some other lesbian movies like Imagine Me and You or, or um... I want to do, but stuff. I'm a cheerleader so bad. And we will, for sure. So bad. I just feel bad for all the other, you know, flavors of gay that yeah. we're not We'll get there. In. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll do 18 <laughs> lesbian movies and then move yeah. on to some other stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. So, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. We watched it last year, uh, not too long after it came out, right? A few mm-hmm. months, maybe? Yeah. It was probably, like, April or... May, yeah, I would say that we watched it. Yeah, I would agree. What was your impression of it last year compared to our rewatch that we did like a week ago? You know, when I watched it for the first time, I think I was just so distracted by how incredibly horny the movie made me. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's. Um, but it was true. really good. It was a work of art, and mm-hmm. I I was aware that it was very good. Also, mm-hmm. so you know, what's really funny is that like the movie is all sexual tension. Mm -hmm. There's, like, one or two scenes where they imply they just had sex, but they never have that sex scene, which is really funny why it it would, you know, make us feel these feelings, because it's all just... It's so much ...irritating. It's titillating. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is funny, because we talked about Ammonite being, like, the American version of this film, because they came out pretty close together, and... uh, Ammonite has sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Is way, way, way more, uh, like... Pushing the sex boundaries. forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I... It's very beautifully done. It's a good film. We'll probably talk about it at some point on here. But um, definitely the American version of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is better, I think. I do think so, too. Maybe it's because I watched it first, but I, I really do think it's better. I think it's, like, more beautiful. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It has more depth, mm-hmm. I think. And the ending I'm more of satisfied of a Lady by the ending. on fire, whilst, I guess, spoiler alert, I'll throw, th- I'll throw that at the beginning. Both of them end with the people not getting to be together, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire makes you like, oh my mm. god. And then Am and I just left me feeling like, okay. Yeah. All right. And now it's over. Now the credits are rolling. Like, yeah. all right. But Same. Amnite, the American version of this, of this kind of vibe, you know, the period piece, lesbian, whatever, they had sex scenes. You straight up saw, like, the most beautiful version of a porno that you could possibly <laughs> yes. have, you know, up to the point where you're not actually seeing, you know, anything that would push mm. it too far. But it, it was, it was like, you know, 
I mean, I enjoyed it very much. (laughs) You know, some people say that they're like, oh, man, I'm so tired of all of these lesbian period pieces. And I'm like, I'm not. Can I have more? Please give me more. I love Mm -hmm. them. I love them so much. Agreed. I will take it. I understand why people might be tired, but I love them. I have heard people being tired of it only being about white ladies. Ooh, yeah. Because there there could be some great period piece gay shit um, that's a little bit more diverse and has mm. more uh, types yeah. of characters in it. Because it, honestly... Literally all white people. All of them are just white people. Mm-hmm. And, like, white people with money a lot of the time? Or, like, I guess... One with money. Yeah, one, one with, with money not, without. Not so much yeah. money because it makes it more interesting and yeah. scandalous that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could, we could absolutely go for more representation for mm-hmm. sure more diversity so the first time you watched it distracted because of how horny it made you but it was great i loved it Wonderful, so much yeah. would watch again second watch again. second time how would you um would you second time yeah. you know like i just i don't know i just have a lot of appreciation for it uh-huh. i just think it's really really well thought out and really good and i don't know i just enjoyed a lot of the like really small details of the movie mm-hmm. a lot um I feel like I could do a lot to, like, learn about this movie. Like, when I think about all of the poetry and stuff that happens, you know, that's read. Son amoureux époux tourne les yeux, et aussitôt, elle est entraînée en arrière. Elle tend les bras, elle cherche son étreinte et veut l'étreindre elle-même. L'infortunée ne saisit que l'air impalpable. I just, like, want to read that poetry and mm-hmm. try to understand exactly why it was put in there and yeah. everything. The symbolism is so deep that I, I I guarantee that I didn't pick up all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's also, like, a really wholesome movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, really wholesome. Uh, almost makes me want to say, like, girl power, you know? Right. Which Dare is, I say girl yeah, power? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it is genuinely very, very good and very yeah. wholesome. There's only a few lines spoken by men in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah men, like, don't have any role at all basically Mm -hmm. you know they're there for two seconds and then they leave i really like the addition of like the servant sophie i think she was she added some really cool elements to the film and uh made it a more complex story just in Mm -hmm. general with just different aspects of a life as a woman kind of thing in that day and age so very interesting i loved sophie yeah very wholesome you're right it's very 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 wholesome yeah all right, um, do you want to dive into the breakdown and kind of go through it scene by scene in the movie? Yeah, well, first I'm curious, how did you feel about your first, like, what's your history with it, you know? How'd you feel about your first viewing? Um, I'd say pretty, pretty similar. Um, first time I watched it, uh, gorgeous, made me feel things. Um, and the second time I watched it more of, like, with my steady cinema eyes, you know, I was like, okay, trying to, you know, absorb more of it. Ça raconte l'histoire d'un orage qui monte. Et des insectes qui le sentent. Et ça agite. Et la tempête qui éclate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd say, say same. As, as you, same, probably. Same. same, same. Different, but same, same. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciated it this more the second time, I Could think. it be gayer? 
I like it just the way it is. I don't think it could be that much gayer. It could, like, I, I remember the second time I watched it, because I remembered how horny it made me the first time, the second time I watched it, I forgot that there really wasn't any yeah, satisfaction from the, like, but I forgot that that didn't happen. So, um, when I watched it the second time and realized that, I was, like, a little irritated, just a little bit, because it's like, oh... We just get all, we get so worked up at all this tension and then hard cut to the next morning of them spooning in bed. And I was like, what? Yeah. No, we're and Americans. We're just like, we're just, we, need the, we need this graphic content. We're but just supposed that to way. think that it happened, you know, just mm-hmm. assume. But it's better that way, I think. I think it's it's really beautiful. And I wouldn't have thrown a fit if they had that scene in there. I think we deserve it. But, you know, I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get. I also think we deserve it. At the end of the 18th century, Marion, I'm going to say Marianne because... Or that's Mar- that's Marianne. fine. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm offending somebody if I do that. But Marianne, Probably. a painter, is teaching an art class in France. One of her students asks her about a painting of hers, which Marianne calls Portrait de la jeune fille en feu. I'm probably butchering that. Portrait de la jeune fille en feu. Years previously, Marianne arrives on a distant island in the French region of Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> so this film had a very low budget of, like, $6 million in film monies, which is, like, nothing to make a film. Man. Yeah. Um, Do you know how much it made? So opening weekend, it made 67000 That's all? It seems like not very much. Um, And in the U.S., it made almost four. Million? Is that what that is? Four million? I'm so bad at reading big numbers. Yeah, I think so. And Comative Worldwide was 10 million, I think. And they spent how much on it? Six million. So that's not... So they made like four million dollars? That's not overwhelmingly... If I'm reading that right, that's not an overwhelming turnout, you know? They should have made more because it was fantastic. Wow. Wow. So I I know that they had lots of... uh, little hurdles because of how small the budget was because they were filming on this historic castle where they couldn't really they had they didn't have a lot of room to like do stuff and they had to like light a lot of the scenes from outside so they had all these people outside the windows with the lights and they said it felt like magic because you don't see any equipment or lights anywhere but it's all perfectly like beautiful and lit that's so Um, wild mm -hmm. so she has been commissioned to paint a portrait of a young woman of the gentry named eloise who is to be married off to a Milanese nobleman. Marianne is informed by Eloise's mother, the Countess, that she has previously refused to pose for portraits, and she does not want to be married, and she has been living in a convent before the suicide of her older sister, sister necessitated her return in her betrothal? 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 (laughs) You just don't understand, Mom! Mom! Marianne acts as Eloise's hired companion to be able to paint her in secret and accompanies her on daily walks along the rugged coastline to memorize Eloise's features. One thing we pointed out when we first watched this was they didn't seem, like, super rich. They seemed, like, average amount of rich. They had this kind of big house... And, but all, she, like you said, she wore the same dress, like, every day. She only had one nice dress uh-huh. for sitting for pictures and, mm-hmm. or for pa- portraits. Mm-hmm. And I suppose a theory could be that she had, like, destroyed all her other ones or something because yeah. she didn't want to do that. But it kind of seemed like they probably just didn't have quite enough money yeah. to. And also the fact that the working person's outfits seemed 
relatively similar to yeah. the rich person's outfit. They didn't seem out of the world. Mm-mm. Like, out of this world rich. Yeah. And, like, the kitchen seemed kind of, like... Plain. Very plain. A lot of the stuff there just seemed relatively plain mm-hmm. and not super bougie or well, anything. Well, I guess it's normal for a bougie place to have a plain kitchen because that's where the servants Oh, work. that's true. Yeah. But still, it, 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 the movie didn't convey that these people were, like, crazy bougie. Mm-hmm. It was just, like... You know? Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. All the paintings and sketches in the film are made by a painter, um, Eline Delamere, and she painted 16 hours every day during the course of the filming, um, and every time the camera focuses on a canvas, it's actually her hand that the viewer sees painting, um, which is interesting because she is left-handed while the actress is... <gasps> no, she's right-handed while the actress is left-handed. Oh my god. But we talked about that. We were like, who's yeah. painting? Is I know, she the one like, painting? It, I'm like, it can't be the person you know like they would mm. show her entire self painting you know yeah i was always so curious about that because i don't know much about painting but it just it looked like the technique and the way she was holding her wrist and the, so there was a scene where she was like resting her wrist on something while she was painting so she could have a steady hand you mm-hmm. know and i'm like they had to have either this girl knows how to paint the director knows how this process is done and is purposefully making sure that that is shown or they have a stand-in who is a painter and doing yeah. all of this. Yeah, or they have some sort of, like, spare canvas that's very similar to the one uh-huh. that's actually being painted that mm-hmm. she can fuck up as much as she wants, just, you know? This is yeah. like, like a stick figure. <laughs> it cuts to what she's actually doing. It's just, like, a stick figure of, of uh, Eloise. And 16 the, hours a day. Can you imagine? Yeah, why did she need to paint that much? Just, like, shot after shot after shot, like, painting that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess, you know, there were multiple paintings. Paintings probably take a long time. This film was only shot in, like, 30 days. The whole thing. So now that I think about it, if they had to not only have a couple different portraits done that were really good, but needed to show them being painted, probably did take a lot of time every single day. I don't know how long it takes to paint a portrait like that, but probably more than a month, maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. I I have no concept of how long... that would take normally. Yeah. So they have lots of long walks on the beach. This movie's is I I usually am not a big fan of movies that are just long and not a lot of dialogue and just really really pretty and because they're they're good and I know that they're good and I can appreciate that they're beautiful and wonderful, but sometimes I feel like a director thinks that they're being really artsy and you know stuff when it's really just boring. Mm-hmm. You know when I'm watching someone do something in this quiet scene and it goes on forever and I'm like, okay, I know, does this mean something or do you think that it's going to make me think that this film is beautiful and artsy? But I did not feel that way in this movie. Maybe it's because the scenery was freaking gorgeous. It was so beautiful. But I think a, a large part of it was everything, the, the subtext, you know? Because a lot of the movies that I'm talking about don't have that, where, like, there's two people sitting in a room, and you know everything that's happening underneath, between them, but they're just not saying anything, and you're just like, oh, I'm hooked on, like, what's gonna happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is this entire movie. This yeah. entire movie is just this, like, feeling of, like, mm, tension, you know, do you, are you, are you, are you gay? Are you, are you gay? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you gay? <laughs> You know. Um, Marion finishes the portrait, but finds herself unable to betray Eloise's trust and reveals her true reason for arriving. After Eloise criticizes the painting, which does not seem to portray her true nature, Marianne destroys the work. 
Eloise's mother is shocked to hear that Eloise is willing to pose for Marianne over the next few days while her mother will be away on the mainland. Which is always funny because it's like, I'm going to go on a, like, the mom, you know, parents are going on a trip. Uh And then that's when you have all your gay sex. Yeah. Because while your parents are out of town. I'm so glad she left. Oh, my God, right? Thank God. They packed so much in the few days while mom was out of town. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you want to have a party at my place? My mom's going to the mainland. <laughs> Do you want to help our friend get an abortion? Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know. Oh God. What a time. What they a really time. did pack in so much. I mean, when else are you going to do all that stuff? Mm-hmm. According to Celine Siama, the director, one of the manifestos... Celine Dion? Celine Dion directed this film. <laughs> did you not know that? I see you. I feel you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the manifestos of the film was to get rid of the idea of a muse, which she considered to be a nice word that actually hides the participation of women in the art and artistry. The muse is typically seen as a silent, fetishized woman who is inspiring just because she is beautiful. And even though for a long time women's opportunities in art were limited to modeling, she claims that the models were co-creating the art by being one of the brains in the room and helping to guide the artist. Her goal was to portray that and make a love story and a creation dialogue with equality. Wow. Bam. Wow. Feminist icon, Feminist Celine, I- Dion. Celine Dion. Celine <laughs> Dion. <laughs> Man, I never knew how deep Celine Dion was. I know. I, how I thought it was just my was. heart will go on. Yeah, that and that's it. it. But look at this work There's of so art. so much more. She created. <laughs> I'm wow. so proud of her. I'm so proud of Celine Dion. What is her name? Celine Siama. Siama. My hero. My hero, Celine Dion. <laughs> my heart will go on. Marianne is haunted throughout the house by visions of Eloise in a wedding dress. This was the only part of the movie that I was like, what's happening? What's going on here? Yeah, that was weird, and I didn't... I feel like it wasn't my favorite when we were part. watching it, I said something about how I was like, I think I understand what's going on here, and uh, now I've forgotten. Well, it's all tied into that story that they told... About oh, because at the very end, yeah, when they say the thing about like, then he turns away or something, mm-hmm. you and know, he doesn't and, look back, or yeah. he does look back, and mm-hmm. they're like, why did he do that or mm-hmm. whatever? Um, I think the only reason why it felt a little bit confusing for me at first is because the movie is so based in reality, you know, yeah, and then the, all the of a sudden there's a hallucination. That's not yeah. a hallucination, but it's like a representation of how she's feeling or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because you don't think she's actually in the scene hallucinating something. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden our suspension of disbelief has to be, you know, a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's just, which is fine. I'm okay. I'm not too upset about it. It's just that I, that's probably why I was like. Yeah. I felt like it was pushing it a little bit, maybe. Um, Like, not so much that, but that it would have been just as good without it. I don't think it would have taken anything away from the story or from anything. You don't think that very last scene have it. when she saw her in the wedding dress right before she leaves would be as hard hitting if we hadn't had those weird little moments before kind of building up this moment, this final moment? I like forgot. the last that, time she looked at her. In that last scene, that was really her, right? Uh-huh. The yeah. last scene, she was running up and like, they both like get that last look I at each other. I don't know. I, I still feel like that scene... Um, as long as we remembered the story from earlier, mm. would still be just as hard hitting. Or maybe without if they all were, of those little, if they were dreams or something, I don't think I would have thought too much about it. I think it was just the yeah. fact that she just was looking around and having actual visions of this mm-hmm. thing. Because if it was a dream, I feel like maybe it wouldn't have felt so weird. Yeah. I don't know. This maybe it great. was supposed to be a dream. I don't know. 
we're nitpicking because this movie is fantastic. Yeah. If I had, yeah, I have, I have no complaints. No complaints. <laughs> One evening, they read the story of Orpheus and uh, Eurydice. Oh, oh, uh, is it Eurydice? It's, it's, it's Eurydice. Fuck, I don't remember. Insert here the correct pronunciation of this word. And debate the true reason why Orpheus turns around to look at his wife, causing her to be returned to the underworld. The groom was Orpheus, the bride, Eurydice. Suddenly, Eurydice stumbled, then fell to the ground. By the time Orpheus reached her side, she was dead. And so he decided he would journey to the land of the dead. When Orpheus entered the palace of the king and queen of the dead, he began to sing and said she had been taken away too soon. So couldn't Hades grant her just a few more years on earth? Hades and Persephone granted Orpheus's plea, but on one condition. As he climbed back out of the underworld, he must not turn around to see if Eurydice was following behind him. If he did, she would return to the land of the dead forever. Orpheus began to climb. With each step, he worried more and more about whether Eurydice was behind him. Finally, just before he stepped out of the underworld and into the bright light of day, he gave in to temptation. And then they went back and forth as to why. Ça ne tient pas ses raisons. Ce sont précisément les consignes qu'on lui a données. Il est fou d'amour. Il ne résiste pas. Moi, je crois que Sophie n'a pas tort. Ce n'est pas plus fort que lui et les raisons ne sont pas sérieuses. Peut-être que s'il se retourne, c'est qu'il fait un choix. Quel choix Il choisit le souvenir de Redis. C'est pour ça qu'il se retourne. Il ne fait pas le choix de l'amoureux, il fait le choix du poète. But it, it, then it comes back at the very end when Marianne looks at Eloise one more time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I get it now. I get why he turned around that last time to look at his wife. Because mm -hmm. she was looking at her wife. Mm -hmm. Her little wifey. Her little wifey. <laughs> yeah. And then there's in, in this plot description, just, just says, the pair helped Sophie, the housemaid, have an abortion. One line. But it's a huge wow. part of the movie. At it least is. it's a long part of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know? And they never... I like that you get what's going on without them saying this is what's happening out loud you just obviously see it and they just they go through that whole process and they help her try different things and they help her meet up with these different ladies and you, we see the actual thing happen she's lying yeah. on this bed with babies on it like this yeah. there's like a toddler lying next to her head the whole thing was just i loved every little detail that they threw in this just yeah. to make it a little more interesting it definitely showed how difficult it can be to have an abortion when there is no access to it uh -huh. um it made that very very clear but it showed that they still did it mm -hmm. that it, it did show that people will still do that even when there is no access to it and mm -hmm. even no safe access to it mm -hmm. you know and also that i don't know just how important it can be to have the knowledge of what you can do to be able to have an abortion when you don't have access to it, you know, because mm -hmm. I know that's something that people still deal with today is not having access to it. And so there's people who know, like, what herbs will help with that and whatnot, you yeah. know. And I like that there are women, they show that there are women who that was their whole job, basically. They were known as the person available in town who could help you do that. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like this group of women. They were like, okay, well, oh, that you need this thing then. And it was all, I, and I don't know if any men were involved or knew about this thing that happened. I'm sure right. some did, but like, it was just a group of women just helping each other out low key, just like come over and so-and-so will help you do this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Girl power. Girl power. Girl power. <laughs>
According to Celine Siama, the film is a love story based on a quality. In other words, it's not based on hierarchies and relationships of power and seduction that exist before the encounter. The feeling of a dialogue that is being invented and that surprises us. The whole film is governed by this principle and the relationship between the characters. The friendship with Sophie, the servant, which goes beyond the class relationship, which I really liked. Because it was this, this the Countess's daughter, mm-hmm. the painter that she hired, and then the servant all just going out to town together. Besties! Besties! girl trip to like do this thing you know the frank discussions with the countess who herself has desires and aspirations siyama wanted solidarity and honesty between the characters and i love it there's no question of it there's no hey should i do this since i'm like above you guys right Right. no they just did it you know they just like oh yeah all all three of us will go out and do this thing and everyone's chill about it like crossed class lines for sure which felt very nice and cozy and comfortable. Like, oh, this is nice that they're all just hanging out and chilling. And... Yeah. Because they were playing cards together. Remember that scene? They are all playing cards together. And, mm-hmm. like, that's when they were talking about the story. Yeah. But it was just like, ah, that's so cool. It was really nice. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Later, the three go to bonfire gathering where women sing, during which Eloise's dress, is, dress briefly catches fire. <laughs> This was the scene that I'm like, these are witches. They're witches, but they weren't. Oh, but I was just yeah. like, I'm so, I just, <laughs> bunch of witches about to do witchy. You know, you know, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about this scene? This is the scene where, like, we hear music for the first time. Yeah. Unless the piano scene happened before this. But this, this movie doesn't really have a soundtrack. It's mm-hmm. just the concert at the end, the women singing at the bonfire, and then the scene where they're playing the piano. And that's yeah. the music throughout yeah. the whole thing. And the piano music is the same song mm-hmm. as you hear at the end. Um... It was very interesting. Um, honestly, like, I, I, I was a little bit distracted by just how good these people were at singing. Um, like, too was, good? It felt like a professional women's choir that they had hired, you know, instead of just, like, people, you know, uh, singing, doing their best, because it was ridiculously good. So if you were making this film, you would have purposefully got people together with different talents and I not as strong as voices <laughs> to do this. Okay, so, so it, it feels like it was um so one, there's like several different parts, you know, and I understand the the idea of having different parts to sing, you know, even in places, even in like a situation where it's not like a professional choir or something, but it was like complicated music it seemed like and it was all being done with, like, just in a way... It was all being done in a way that was really, really professional sounding. Like, Too they were... Too much for, for your taste. Yeah. It you just, wish it, didn't it sounded a little realistic. more raw. Yeah, it didn't feel realistic to me. Well, I can understand the motivation behind it being that there is no soundtrack, so this is the one song that we hear to make it sound really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost... Because the scene's really magical, you know? So... It's just a bunch of women singing around the bonfire, but then it just feels, like, otherworldly. Yeah. And it gives you that feeling. And I don't know if it would have given you that feeling if there were some ladies singing off-key or something <laughs> in there, too. But I understand what you're saying, because... Um, and maybe it's the same vein as, like, the, the visions. Like, she's... The director's That's okay with it maybe being it's a little bit. a little bit. Like, we start in reality, but we're just a little bit... There's a little bit that's, like, out of it a little yeah. bit. Which I understand. I could see that. Um, because you're right, if she, if she was trying to go for a, a movie that was 
grounded in reality, she probably would have had, like, a bunch of random ladies singing and mm-hmm. just got whatever that sounded like. Mm-hmm. But you're, you have an ear for this kind of stuff, so I didn't even think about that the first time. I was like, yeah, this is what a random group of women singing together would it sound like. It absolutely took me out of the movie. I was like, why are they so good? Why are they all singing the exact same perfect vowel shapes? I don't understand how <laughs> how this is happening. Are they a professional choir? Like, this is just where the, the, the local <laughs> choir comes and yeah. does their practice. <laughs> like, aren't they just fire. hanging out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. basically, like, sea shantying it up? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Sea shantying. <laughs> Um, according to Celine Siama, not Celine Dion. <laughs> Celine Siama, the reason why the film features no musical score is to be obsessed with rhythm, to make the music arise elsewhere in the movements of the bodies and the camera, especially since the film is mostly made up of sequence shots and therefore with a precise choreography. I love wow. the way that she is thinking about the artistry of this movie. Like, she's like, oh, I don't need music. I'll make music with my cinematography and with my blocking. And it works. It fucking works. You know, this is why more women need to make film. You know? Yeah, for real. It, you know, I feel like just different people make different types of movies via different lenses that they look through in the world. And um, it's just gorgeous. The, the fact that she was like, oh, I'll make music with just people's bodies yeah i'm just like oh my god and it works the the blocking the composition the color of the film everything is gorgeous mm-hmm. yeah it, it's entertaining like i don't need a little doop do doop doop do doop 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 in the background in order for me to get my attention pardonnez-moi je n'aimerais pas être à votre place regardez si vous me regardez the rhythm of a woman, you know, like turning her head around is or like, is plenty. I like that scene where their their faces are really close together, and they like you can tell they're thinking about are, are we gonna kiss? Are we gonna? Mm-hmm. And they don't. It's like the look up, look down, look up. Yeah. Moved, looked up, looked down, and then they walk away. Yeah. And that whole thing was like boop 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 boop. There was, there was like a rhythm yeah. to it, you know. Man, imagine like she just must have put in so much work to choreograph like this whole film to Mm -hmm. the exact thing that she wanted it to be Mm -hmm. because it was so flawlessly put together that um there's no way you could just be like and act yeah do the acting thing (laughs) and make it amazing you know because the the movements were really flawless and Mm -hmm. perfect and, and and everything the next day marianne and eloise share their first kiss and make love later that night and make love later that night over the next few days, their romance grows stronger, with their affair about to be cut short by the ensuing return of the Countess. Marianne sketches a drawing of Eloise to remember her by, and Eloise asks Marianne to draw a sketch of herself on page 28 of her book. The Countess approves of the now-completed portrait, and the next morning, Marianne bids farewell. Yeah, and they, they I think they, they do shrooms together or something, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Which they, yeah. Just, they you know, they have sex, they hang out... They play cards with Sophie and stuff. And they do drugs together. They do drugs together. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have a lot of sex. And stuff. They have a lot of that sex. That we never get to see. That we never get to see. Which is fine. I respect it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I can tell your feelings aren't hurt at all. My feelings aren't hurt at all. We do see some titties and stuff, though. So yeah, we I'll do. take what I can get. Mm. They're lying there together, and they're being really cute, and they're staring into each other's head hams, into their eyes. Like I said, wholesome. Very wholesome. 
Really wholesome. Yeah, it's really sweet, you know? And they're super sad and kind of freaking out at the idea that her mom's going to return the next day. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, it's about to end. They're like, there's a scene where they're literally like, I'm so tired, but I don't want to fall asleep. I want to keep my eyes open because it's like, I, I, I can't. And for some reason, I really related to that, even though I wasn't really sure why. Mm-hmm. You know, that feeling of like, this is the last I get. I need to hold yeah. on. I need to hold on. I need to hold on. And then it's like, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it was, it hurt my mm-hmm. heart. It yeah. was hard. Yeah. But it was really sweet. And, um, I, I heard, I saw this TikTok that she was talking about how there are some movies that, you know, there's different types of queer movies or the type of queer movies that you could throw in a straight couple and it'd be the exact same thing, you know, like exactly the same. And there's some movies that are queer because of the, the essence of the stories that are coming out story or like it's a, it's very much about the fact that they're gay. But then there are some queer stories that can only exist as queer stories mm-hmm. just because of the whole essence and soul of it, you know? And she was like this movie, the way that they talk to each other, look at each other, the whole story between them, the pain with it only exists because they're queer. Yeah. Um, and it's just wild. It's just, it's, you can just feel their heartache knowing that no matter what, they can't run away together. You know, they can't, there's no plan that would work. They just have to, they have this little moment in their whole life together. And then they know that that's it. That's all they're going to get. They are in love, and that's it. That's all they're going to get. And it's it's over, and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, this movie hurt my feelings. It really did. <laughs> hurt my feelings, too. Yeah, but I'm I guess it's sure kind of like... I cried the first time I watched it. Really? Did I? I'm trying I to remember. Know. I don't remember. It made my heart cry if I didn't. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of like the whole point with the whole lesbian period piece. You know, we can't be together, you know? It's mm-hmm. supposed to make you sad and shit, but... And, you know, sometimes they do it right and sometimes they do it kind of boring or heavy-handed yeah. or like I've seen this before. Yeah. I really really liked this. Did you know that this movie was uh, nominated for best motion picture in a foreign language for the at the Golden Globes? Did it win? Nope. <sighs> yeah. What one yeah. said Parasite? I don't know. Probably. I don't know though. Parasite did really well yeah. that year. Obviously won best picture. Yeah, that makes sense. Man. It did win a whole bunch of other awards, though, at a bunch of other places. A bunch of other countries yeah. and their stuff. Like, I saw that, like, that it won a ton of stuff. Yeah. Well, I give this movie uh, my own award, which is uh, best sapphic movie I've ever seen, so. I've ever seen? Yeah. So this is an award you give once, or does it keep getting put on different movies? Once it beats that record. Oh, well, I guess if it gets beat, then yeah. it gets beat. Sorry. I think this is also one of the best sapphic movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah, she draws a picture of herself, Marianne does, on the on the page 28 of her book, which is important later. Page 28. The Which I think is really funny because she was like, pick a page number. And she was like, okay, uh-huh. 28. And it happened to be a great page. It had yeah. all this open blank space that's perfect <laughs> for drawing a picture. Or else it would have been a small doodle on, like, the side of, like, one of the brackets or something. The Countess approves the new completed portrait, and the next morning, Marianne bids farewell. As she is about to leave the house, she hears Eloise say, turn around. And she turns and sees Eloise in her wedding dress, thus bringing up the, the story that they told her Turn around and look at me one last time. Retourne-toi. Yeah, throughout the film, the characters use the formal vu form of address rather than the informal tu in French. 
in the French language. That is until Eloise's very last line to Marianne before she leaves the house, saying, uh, referring to the legend of Orpheus and stuff. So I think that was thrown in there. I don't know. So they use the very formal version of this word up until the very end, the last interaction they have, and then Man. they use the informal version of the word. And I'm not sure what that means, but I thought it was worth bringing up. Man. Isn't that interesting? So, like, we're professionals. We're, we're like, not professionals, but, like, we're not intimate whatever you know like and now it's like like hey, they didn't refer to each other be... intimately until the very very end that's wild we're gonna be real with each other here mm-hmm. in the present marianne reveals that she saw eloise two more times the first time was in the form of a portrait at an art exhibition where eloise with a child beside her so she's now married having babies um is surreptitious surreptitiously surreptitiously Surreptitiously. Surreptitiously. Because I think it's in a song in Wicked where it goes surreptitiously. Oh, perfect. <gasps> I hear she has an extra eye. That, you know. That I'm glad that that's the reason why you know that. Pretty sure. Surreptitious, surreptitiously. Surreptitiously? You've got this. Surreptitiously. Is that mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You say it one more time. I mean, I think so. Say it again. What if I'm wrong? Well, I don't know. She is surreptitiously great. holding a book showing only the edge of page 28, referencing a, hey, if my ex-lover ever sees this painting, <laughs> thinking about you, boo, thinking about you, yeah. which is very cute. Mm-hmm. The second time was at a concert in Milan where Eloise sat in a theater balcony across from Marianne. Unobserved, Marianne watches Eloise as she becomes overwhelmed with emotion and comes to tears while listening to the orchestra play the presto from somewhere from Vivaldi's Four Seasons, the music that Marianne had played to her on a harpsichord years before. This is such a long scene, and it's so The final shot in the movie is two minutes and 27 seconds long. Oh my god, I believe it. It was so long. It was so long. It was worth every second, though. Yeah, it was was heartbreaking. It was Mm -hmm. heartbreaking because she's looking at her, knowing that she does not know she's there. Like, Mm -hmm. Marianne is looking at Eloise, knowing that Eloise has no concept that Marianne's there and can see her right now. And so when the song starts playing, echoing back to the scene earlier in the movie when... Marianne's playing this song to her and they have this moment together, you know, and she starts to cry. Eloise starts to cry and Marianne sees this and is like, you're thinking about me and you're sad and you're missing me. And also I'm right here. And I'm right here. And and she doesn't even know it. Yeah. It's so sad. It's really heartbreaking. That was a good-ass ending. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. I agree. Um, according to Celine Siama, it was her initial desire to shoot a love story, with two apparently contradictory wishes underlying the writing. Firstly, to show step-by-step step what it's like to fall in love, the pure present and pleasure of it. There, her direction focuses on confusion, hesitation, and the romantic exchange. Secondly, to write the story of the echo of a love affair, how it lives on within us all in this scope. There, her direction focuses on remembrance, with the film as a memory of that too. Likewise, the film is designed as an experience of both the pleasure of a passion in the present and the pleasure of an emancipatory fiction for the characters and the audience. This dual temporality for Siyama allows the viewer to experience the emotion and to reflect on it. I don't know why she's so... Be- so eloquent with all of her words. Also, the, the director, Celine Siamo, we've talked about this before, and the actress who played um, Eloise, Adele Anil, I think her name is, yes. were ex-lovers. Yes! How weird would that be to mm-hmm. direct your 
ex-lover to, uh, like, I don't know, make out with another person. I think this is, like, their third project they've done together, post being ex-lovers, I'm pretty sure. Good for them. Yeah, they're just besties, hanging out, (laughs) making movies together. Um, I support it. Yeah, I like that the actress is actually queer, playing this queer character. Yeah, That's fun. And the and the director's a queer yeah. lady making this movie. I appreciate mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it brings up a lot of what she talked about with uh, the movie's not only about the current feeling of being in love, but also the happy and sad feelings you get onward with that still living in you mm-hmm. forever. You know? It's very beautiful. It's all done really well. Like, she actually knows how to do the things to accomplish the feelings she wants you to feel. You know? Yeah. She did great. I love it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Um, what are your overall uh, thoughts walking away from this movie? Like, you just got done watching it. What are your feelings? I want more from this director. Yeah. I really want more from this director. We should see if she has other movies out there. <gasps> we should. I don't know why we haven't done that yeah. yet. I thought this movie was really great. I really, really love the connections between everyone. I honestly just thought it was a really sweet and heartbreaking story. And like I said, I really want to see more from this director. Agreed. I do as well. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. I would recommend it to everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're looking for some great sapphic content. Mm-hmm. Very good. Lots of sexual tension, but really good payoffs, too. Mm. Beautiful costumes. Beautiful, mm. beautiful costumes. The set design, costume design, color, everything. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Every shot in the movie looks like a painting mm-hmm. in itself. Well, thank you, Lizzie, for being on this podcast with me. I really appreciate Always. it. Always. <clears throat> Thanks for being my girlfriend. Uh, you're very cute. Uh, and, um, yeah. Uh, you have a Twitter. Do you want to shout out your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter is at Lizzie underscore Hampton. That's where I live. Support this podcast by, you know... Support your local gays. Support your local gays by just listening to it and maybe sharing it on something or sending it to a friend because, uh, yeah. And don't forget... Be gay. Do crime. Do crime. Watch films. Be be kind. kind. There we go. Clap, 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 clap. Love it. Thank you so much, Lizzie Hampton. Um, We'll see you next time, you gays. Ah, le podcast est maintenant terminé et nous espérons que vous vous êtes amusé. Thank you for indulging me. That was fun. We also do a video element of this show, so if you'd like to see our cute faces, and believe me, they are very cute, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the Gaze Code Podcast. We try to find the best bits and funniest moments to showcase on our social media, so if you'd like to help us out, pick out a clip that made you laugh and send it to a friend. It'd make us happy and make your friend happy and maybe a little confused. If you'd like to support this show and its creator, me, check us out on patreon.com slash monicabeezy. That's Monica B-E-E-Z-E-E. Supporters like you help keep the show going and we try to make it fun for you with extra content and rewards. We love you just the way you are and we'll see you next time. My name is Monica Biltz and this is the Gaze Code Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.